Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medica. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. First off, I want to start off the show by saying a happy Thanksgiving to everybody who celebrates out there. Um, by the time you hear this, you'll, you know, that'll be the week of, and then by the time you hear next week's show, it'll already be passed. So, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there, to all your families. Hope you guys. Have a good time watching them Lions play the Bears, I guess. Um, yeah, right. Anyway, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, though, Mike. Obviously, we're going to be talking college football again. Uh, the week has upon us. Um, lots of stuff to talk about, lots of scenarios. It's really, you know, for the first time in a while here, it's like, okay, we're really kind of, you know, the picture is kind of clearing up. And then Mike today kind of shattered my glass a little bit and was like oh by the way nobody knows what anything's going to happen in the next two weeks so it's going to be a lot of fun um we're also going to be talking um the lions conundrum at the quarterback position we'll kind of break that down a little bit we're also going to be talking some tigers news as well as uh some pro wrestling news as well to kind of end the show today um so that's what's going to be happening this week on the show but let's just jump right in uh mike college football let's let's start off with the easy stuff here uh michigan clears house against Maryland, right? You have a kick return for a touchdown. You got to pick six for a touchdown, 77 yard receiving touchdown by a running back. He sets a Michigan record. Um, You know, it was a pretty easy win all the way. It was funny. I I had the, I was, I was at dinner, but I was kind of just looking on my phone. At one point it was like, it was 38 to 18. And then I checked back 10 minutes later and it was 59 to 18. I went, what just happened? Cause they scored in like a flash. It was crazy. Um, Thoughts on Michigan's performance going into the big game, which obviously we're going to talk about here. But, um, you know, basically for me, it kind of felt like they were like, there's no messing around here. We're just going to hurry up and get this done. Yeah, um, I felt like they went into Penn State and they were more worried about Penn State. They were like, okay, we we don't know if we're going to be able to beat Penn State. Right, in Penn State. Yeah, in Penn State. So we have to play more perfect. Mm -hmm. And their idea of having to play perfect, like – Drop them down a bar mm-hmm. almost, and like play down to Penn State's level. Yes, and I gave Penn State at least Especially a early shot. on. Yeah, yep. I gave them at least a shot to win. Yep. I think Maryland they went and going. We are, we know we are much better than Maryland. Yeah, and we are going to so go out there. So if we and, just go out yeah. and just, you know, rush five and and play our secondary like we do, and Kane yep. McNair does his thing and everything, like yep. we will take care of business against this team. Yeah, Corum being back also helped quite a bit as well. Yeah, which yeah, it, all of that combined, yeah. I was like, no, I don't think anyone went into this no. one was like, all right, Michigan's not going to win by at least 14, 15. Yeah, I think so they were like, favored by 19 going in, I believe. Yeah, right? It was like 19 yeah, and a half. Or it was, uh, it was 15 and 15 a half. 15 and a half? Ohio okay. State oh, was Ohio 19. State was 19? Okay. Yeah, this um, one was like 15 and a half, but at that point it was like, uh, yeah. that's one of the easiest bets of the week, I think. If oh, yeah. Better, yeah. Was Michigan was going to win by at least 21. And I was very happy to see them do that. It's been one of my frustrations, especially, and we're going to talk. We might hit on Michigan basketball real quickly as well this week, but when it comes to, you know, college athletics especially when you're a very good football basketball base whatever team you are you're a top five ranked program i expect you and i expected michigan to go in and play maryland and i didn't want this to be a football game you know what i mean i wanted them to come in beat them up get it done right where the second half you're sitting guys that and that's what i wanted right we we basically got that for the most part right like Mm -hmm. it was the game was never really close it was 21 7 before anybody really even knew what the hell was going on and it was pretty much a beat down from start to finish, which was good. And that's exactly what I wanted to see going into Ohio state week Uh for sure. All right, let's shift focus. Now let's talk Michigan state, Ohio state. We talked last week about 
We both kind of thought that this game would have been close early, and then Ohio State would kind of pull away. Uh, we were kind of right if we meant that at kickoff it would be 0-0. Yeah. Um, that part we got correct. And yeah. then after that, um, uh, if we also predicted that four minutes into the game, the game would be over, um, we were not correct on that. Yes. But, um, you know, Michigan State loses big 56-7. to It was 49 nothing at half. And then Ohio State went, all right, we're going to sit everybody. Um a complete and utter disaster for the Spartans. You go from being, oh, they're going to, you know, they're potentially playing for the Final Four. You know, they have a big win over Michigan. You drop a big lot. You lose your protection because you lose to Purdue, and now your season's over. Just that fast. Um, talk to me about what you saw out of Ohio State. This isn't even so much about the Spartans at this point. The season's over. They're not, not going to do, like, you just, they have more talent. It's just yes. that's the reality of it. Your defense is terrible. You couldn't your your offensive game plan to not run the football early didn't make any sense to me, um, but and we'll we'll shift back to the Mel Tucker part of it in a second. But talk to me about what you saw out of Ohio State. This is the best they've looked, I think, all year. Was this game? Yeah, I mean, I think they came up and they're like, nope, th- there is a zero percent chance you were taking this. Yeah, they they came in and there was a couple games against like bad teams. Where yeah, they, they took them. Of course, but it's like not a top. Yeah, there's six team yeah. In the country Michigan State was number seven in the country yeah, yeah. going into this so, game. Yeah, Ohio State just came in and was like, we're not gonna let you do this to us this year. Like, there's no like yeah. people were like, I, I heard like the money line mm-hmm. or the money set because it was nineteen and a half was like. 55-45 on Ohio State had the 55. Yeah. But it was like very close because people were like, 19 and a half is like a pretty That's good a lot number of points, for yeah. a team that usually plays up to yep. good competition uh, on the road and everything. And Ohio State's like, no, no, no. 21-0 in the first like six minutes of the game. Like we were making sure that this is not competitive in the slightest. No. Um, they came out and they did exactly what they had to do to have everyone know, okay, Ohio State is the team to beat, mm-hmm. which is going to be more fun if um, – Michigan does yeah, some up at least upset. compete with them because yeah. it's like if I say it's this good yeah. at this point of the year yeah. and you can at least compete with them, mm-hmm. then you're on to something. Mm-hmm. Whether you don't – if you lose by three points if you're Michigan, which we'll talk about in a sec, but if you lose by like three points to this team playing yeah. the way they are right now, maybe you're on to something. Yeah. Maybe yeah, you maybe, something. Yeah, maybe you found the right staff. Maybe you found the right guys when it yeah. comes to coaching and developing and teaching and all yeah. that stuff. But, um, yeah, this is the best game that, Michigan, or that Ohio State has played all year. I know they beat up on other teams. They played Purdue, and they beat them pretty good. But this is a whole different level. This was Ohio State coming in and saying there is, a, there is no way that we are even going to let you into this football game in the slightest. It was yeah. a complete and utter massacre from the from the opening kickoff. And the sad part is is that you know, Michigan State had a chance in the very beginnings of that football game to kind of help themselves and insulate themselves when on the first drive, Ohio State almost muffs the opening kickoff and they get to like the 15-yard line. They have a false start on the very first play. And so they have to go 86 yards to go score and they do in 12 plays, but it's like, okay, they kind of dink and dunked you, right? You're like, you could feel like, okay, that was a that was a very good drive for Ohio State, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you had them backed up and you couldn't capitalize, and then you immediately go three and out, and then that where it was like, oh boy, and then four play drive touchdown, and it's like, okay, it's fourteen nothing. Now let's attempt to. They go, they drive the ball. Kenneth Walker is a little bit more involved, which I don't understand why that was not game plan number one to begin with. I know Ohio State knew that, but that's your bread and butter. You weren't going to beat him throwing the football. And then you fumble, 
which will lose a fumble, and then you miss a field goal. And then I felt like the whole – all the air out of that team just went, oh, it's 14 nothing. They've had 16 plays of offense. They've had a negative play. Mm-hmm. They haven't had – they weren't even on third downs. It was, it was just – it was a disaster. And this was something that – you know, if you're a Michigan State fan, you're used to the D'Antonio years where they would play up, right? And even in Mel Tucker's two seasons, you know, they've played up to beat Michigan twice. Um, you know, they've, they've played teams close that, they, you know, they shouldn't have been in, whatever the case may be. But this is, I think, it was the first time where you're just like, this is why it's hard to be at Michigan State long term mm-hmm. because you're never going to recruit better than yeah. Ohio State. You're never going to get this level of talent mm-hmm. at Ohio State it's, or at Michigan State. It's just not going to happen. If you're Mel Tucker, I don't know if he signed that $95 million extension to be the highest paid coach in the Big Ten, which is crazy to me. Um, I, I, do you rethink your position? Do you, are you Mich- If you're Michigan State, are you rethinking that at all? I, I mean, it's a bit reactionary, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, it does bear that question, right? It's like, you know. I don't know, because even though if you go to L- if you go to LSU, yes, you're playing Alabama in those teams, but you're also LSU, so you're going to be able to recruit better. You yeah, know what no, I, mean? so I, I still, yeah. I still think you stay at Michigan State. Yeah. I think it's, well, if they're going to give you ninety five million dollars. I think I still, I, I think it's very reactionary. It's like, yeah. oh my god, you just got blown out. I'm like, well, Michigan gets blown out every year. Yeah, exactly, right. You know, no, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, yep. I think once Mel Tucker can find his guy, and that's what we talked about for Harbaugh was a lot for a long time was. Um, it was like, okay, so you had, like, Spate in there, and you had Rudock or whatever. Mm-hmm. You had all these quarterbacks, but it was like, once he finds his guy, yeah, then they'll be fine. Yeah. And we thought that guy was, like, Shea Patterson or whatever. <sighs> I guess it wasn't. Uh, we Terrible. think this guy's Cade McNamara, which it might be because yeah. they have a really good shot at going in this game. Yeah. Or it could be JJ. But, like, once Harbaugh found his quarterback or his guy, yeah. they were going to be fine. That was always what the thought process Once Mel Tucker gets – a couple years of recruiting and is able to like oh, yeah. find his guys instead of having 17 transfers just come in to try to make shift the team. Um, <laughs> then I think they're going to be in a much better spot yeah. and be more competitive in these games. So I, I don't think it's yeah. necessarily a bad thing to stay at Michigan state. And like I said before, is you go to LSU and you can recruit better. Mm-hmm. We also have six juggernauts in the oh, yeah, to go against yep. here. It's like, once you get over the Ohio state bump, mm-hmm. you're, you're there. Whether you ever do that or not is another question. But yeah, that's fair. It's but. tough. Uh, no, it's just it, – this was just the first time where you felt like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it just – it was just one of those games where you're just like, there's nothing anybody can do about this. This is this is going to happen. <laughs> you're just going to kind of have to accept yeah. it. Um, like going into it, you were like yeah. like 21 nothing. You're like, yeah, this is going to be that beat down. Then. Yeah, and you're like, it's over. I, I honestly was expecting – I'm like, are they going to try to go for 100? Do you think that they're going to just like <laughs> – um, get that good plus minus. Yeah, case. right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Michigan State season, unfortunately, is kind of done, right? They're going to play Penn State next week. I bet they go in and, you know, they beat Penn State. Yeah. I, I don't think they really have any issue there. Hopefully, they kind of come back with a vengeance um, and, and get that done. And they'll be playing in the Fiesta Bowl something. I don't know. The name of bowl, I guess. I don't, I don't know what bowl games are in the Final Four this year. So, yeah, I, don't uh, I don't know. But anyway. I think the Orange Bowl is one of them. But yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Um so yeah, so their season's done. So let's let's talk about the matchup here. It's 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 for everything, right? It's Michigan, it's Ohio State. It's a place that I personally did not foresee Michigan being at, honestly. If I nope. if and, and I have been very, very hard on this Michigan team and on Jim Harbaugh saying I have no faith that this team is going anywhere. And they have proven me wrong for the most part. I mean, the fact that they have an opportunity to play against Ohio State in Ann Arbor 
with a chance to go to the Big Ten championship game to get to the Final Four is is a, is a, is a incredible, quite frankly, because mm-hmm. I don't think the expectation was there for a lot of people. And, and if you thought that, you're just the Michigan slappy that I am a lion slappy. It's just yes. it's just what it is what it is. So the fact that they're in this position, awesome. We've been in this position at least three times now under Harbaugh, and we haven't yet got it done. How does Michigan win this football game? Because I say all that, but I only I'm only giving Michigan a five percent chance to win this football game. Yeah. I know it's in Ann Arbor. I know they're going to be emotional. I know that they have pieces to do it, and I have a game plan in my head of how they can do it. But tell me, in your opinion, what do they need to do to win this yeah. football game? Because you have three thousand yard receivers. At Ohio State yeah. right now. And Stroud's playing out of his mind. Yeah, I mean, to beat Ohio State to me right now is beating them in the way people have been beating Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It's, it's basically the Kansas City strategy, right? Okay. So you go in, you go, you have to, one, I guess it's three points of danger right here. Right? <laughs> one is control the time of possession. Mm-hmm. If you can win the time of possession like 40 to 20, mm-hmm. 40 minutes to 20 minutes, I think – that gives you a really positive. If you told me next week when we're talking about this that Michigan have forty plus minutes of time possession, yeah. I'm like, okay, then they probably had a really good the chance they, to win it. They yeah. either it was either a really really close game or they yep. won the game. Yeah. So time of possession is very important. Yep. Um, no turnovers is Huge. the big part. Huge. It's number two, and and that's one thing that is why you brought K. McMahon in is he doesn't make the bad play, right? Like JJ McCarthy. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't want to see JJ McCarthy in this game. I don't either. I don't want to see him. To the point where like I and we talked about before we didn't see him at all at Penn State. Is is he is he has the possibility of making the big play. Yeah. And I've always talked about there's certain plays where um K McNamara runs for a first down when Mm -hmm. a guy's kind of open but kind Mm -hmm. of not and JJ would take that shot play and it's a 50-50 interception touchdown ball or you run for a first down. Cade will run you for that first down and try to yep. extend the drive and get the and get the drive yep. going. Mm-hmm. And JJ will risk an interception to get a touchdown. Yep. And so I don't want to see JJ play because nope. I think you should. K uh, McNamara got you to ten and one. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna win, you're gonna win with K McNamara. I 100 percent agree with that. So that's my second point. And third point is you have to get a lot. Your front seven has to play phenomenal. Yes. And more importantly, your front four, your mm-hmm. D line has to play. Yep. And more, more, more importantly, mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo have to be the best players. They have to be, and I, and I, this cannot be stressed enough because that's that was my number one point is they have to be the best players on the field when mm-hmm. they're out there. They have to be the best yes. players. There is there is no other alternative because if you allow Ohio State to remain balanced mm-hmm. and they're running for nine yards a carry, and at the same time they're running all these crossers because that's yeah. the Ohio State offense because they just got speed and nothing but it. It's you have to dominate the line yeah. of scrimmage. You have to be able to rush for and get pressure. And this is the first time since Harbaugh's been here. I know last year they had Quiddy Pay, but Hutchinson got hurt early, and that was a disaster. Um, this is the first year since Harbaugh has been here where he has had two premier pass rushers on both edges. I know they had Gary, but they didn't have two guys that individually can win one-on-one matchups. And, and and take over a football game at yeah. times. They it is an absolute must that the defensive line only rushing four, and I'm mm. stressing that because well, they can't blitz a ton. Yeah, no, in this game because you, you look at how teams have beaten the Chiefs this year. Yeah, unlike the last two years, yeah. and they able to bring four mm-hmm. because those receivers are so quick and stuff yep. that you need safety help over the top. Yep, and so you need you, linebackers so to play in between the tops to tight ends. Exactly, yep. and that's that's the way to slow them down is. 
force C.J. Stroud to at least move out of the pocket yeah. and force him to make a bad throw. If if he goes on 14-play touchdown drives, he's mm. going to go on a 14-play touchdown drive. There's not a lot you can do there. Right. But in a 14-play touchdown drive, yeah. that's 14 plays that he could throw an interception. Yep. They could fumble the ball. Right, right. You know, they could they could do any of these things. They could have a turnover, yep. you know, a weird um, call on yep. you or something, or you can get a couple sacks in there on 14 plays. If you told me, okay, this was a two-play drive, you know yeah. what I think it is? A 77-yard touchdown to Chris Olave. <laughs> that's, what I, that's my <laughs> yeah, first no, thought I would agree, be. 100%. Yep. So if you told yep. me that they have 14-play drives, yep. at least in that sense, I go, they took a lot of time off, so you're going to limit possessions. Mm-hmm. And two – there's more of a chance that you turn the ball over on that side. Yep. So um, that's what I want is more make you dink and dunk it. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about the state, the first drive where they went 12 plays and they were just throwing hitches and hitches and hitches. Yep. Sure. Throw yep. those hitches. Right. Yep. Make you go all the way down the field. Cause yep. at that point, yep. I'm willing for let's, you to make yeah, one Let's play mistake. red zone offense and let's let red zone defense and hope to God we can force a field exactly. goal. Exactly. Yep. Like stuff like that. Yep. So uh, those are my three points of danger for Michigan to help beat yep. Ohio state. Ohio state just, plays Ohio State football. They're very good, yeah. So in my mind, there's a couple things that stick out, and you hit a couple of them, uh, which was very well done. The the pass rush for me is number one for sure. I think the second – limiting turnovers is an absolute must for me. Um, I think the game plan has to be very similar to what I thought Michigan State was going to do, and that is limiting possessions, right? And the time possession ties into that as well, right, where you can – you have to – if you're Michigan's offense, you have to score – on almost every drive. Now, I'm not saying every play's got, every drive's got to be a touchdown, but they have to come away with points because yeah. you have to always have a plus at the end of every one of these offensive drives because you if you go three and out mm-hmm. in the first quarter on your first drive and, and Ohio State's already scored, mm-hmm. you're already so far behind the eight ball with the explosiveness of this offense where it's like you're not even going to give yourself a chance where if you can respond – and, and be able to punch back. Yes. It is going to be so huge for this team, and it's going to rely so much upon what Michigan's offensive line is going to be able to do, in my opinion, compared to what Michigan State's couldn't. Michigan State's offensive line got dominated yesterday. Yes. They were absolutely outmatched. Ohio State's pass rush, which is not the Chase Youngs, the Bosa's of the world. It's guys that you can't name off the top of your head right now because they're not top five prospects. Michigan has to be able to run the football yeah. and they have to take the game and make it simple for Cade because Cade, when he is at his best is when it's second and four, third and four. It's those plays where he can make those. Re- he makes the smart read to the tight end, to Sanistrill, to Henning, to the, the number the kid, the freshman where every once in a while we pop you for a big play, but it's we're, we're death by paper cuts with this offense in a lot of respects, right? They have to be efficient on third down. They have to convert. They have to consistently have pluses offensively. I think it's going to come like, and the other thing for me too is defensively, they have to avoid the big play, right? And, and it goes to your point of, of, you know, all right, they had a 12 play drive. They went, you know, 75 yards for a touchdown. You go, okay. What do they do there? All right, they're beating us on the hitches, right? Okay, but we still can't, you know, and I think McDonald has done a nice job of not skewing too much away from the game plan, right? Like you even saw against uh, Penn State, right, where the one receiver, like, we're going to go too high, cover too high this entire game. We are going to try to avoid getting beat over the top because we can't allow that. Um, 
for Michigan, I think in this especially, I think you're going to see a lot of deep safety play. Mm-hmm. And for me, it comes down to avoiding the big play, but also the run after catch. And I think that's where Ohio State in years past has beaten Michigan better than anybody else, where it's the it's not the 80-yard touchdown pass that's killed Michigan. It was the six-yard crosser, the drag route, that our linebackers and we couldn't play it well enough where the six yard play turns into a 26 yard play with the run after catch. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it feels like this team defensively has to key in on that and has to make Stroud make difficult throws. Don't make it easy where it goes. Oh, I have my check down for eight yards every play. Like you have to make it difficult. You can't have lapses in coverage and you have to be, on point and avoid the big play. I will take a six-yard drag route if they stop him for six yards. I will yep. take the hitch for eight yards. What I can't take is the hitch for eight, broken tackle, turns around, runs down to the you know runs for forty. So that that to me is there's just so Michigan has to play a perfect football game in in so many in so many aspects of it. Um, give me a guy that you want to be watching in this football game. You know, whether it's for Ohio State, okay, if this guy is a big day, we're screwed. Or mm-hmm. is it for Michigan if this guy um, – because I, I have one in particular, but mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of hear yours, and it's not our quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it's David Ojabo. Okay. And the reason yep. why is because everyone would think initially – Oh, Aiden Hutchinson's right. the guy. You but Hutchinson's for. proven. But Aiden Hutchinson, one, is proven. And two, yep. he's going to be taking the double team most of the game. Yep. Ojabo will be singled yep. most of the game. Yep. So him winning that one-on-one matchup huge. a lot will be huge. huge for this team to be mm-hmm. able to win. Yep. Um, if I had to name another guy, I would name DJ Turner, mm-hmm. corner, because he will more than likely be on Chris Olave most of the game. Yep. And so yep. if he can do some work on Chris Olave, which no one's been able to really do yet, mm-hmm. um, that'll also be huge if he can at least get a couple incompletions off of yep. some deep Chris just Olave no, Once again, just no busted coverage, right? Yeah. Like be there. Be, be there, there to make the play. If he yeah. if he jumps over, he monsters you, I can, I can live with that if yeah. you're in the right position. Um, I have no two guys. Too. I have two guys. One is Josh Ross. Linebacker, I think he is so big in this football game. I think if he can take away the check down, I think if he can be that guy that fills the gaps on runs, not allowing Ohio State's run game to get six, seven apiece like that, I think that's huge. Um, And I think the other guy for me personally is um, Hassan Haskins. I think more than Corum because I think Haskins is honestly the better back overall between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Haskins for me – is a north south runner and he need and they need to ha- have him running and have him efficient and have him going early. Quorum, I don't want to see and, and maybe this is a hot take and I don't know how you feel about this. I don't want to see Blake Quorum on third down. I don't want to see him at all. I don't want to see him on third down for me. He doesn't catch the ball as well as Haskins does. He's not yeah. a good route runner and I think Haskins is a north south where quorum is fine you want to put first down on inside zone that's his bread and butter all day get him in space and let him because he's fast right he's got that explosive ability haskins doesn't have that but in a game like this where ball security and having to make a play when you need it you know the hands everything about it i feel like hassan haskins has been there he's done i just think he's a better more experienced back and I want to see a ton of him, and I think it's yeah. the offense is going to have to run through him in a lot of. I, I I don't dis I don't disagree with that. Fully. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, nothing against Quorum. I just yeah. think in a moment like this, we saw it against Michigan State 
Corum hits him and he's, he's a t- it's a touchdown yeah. and he drops it right and I go that can't happen yeah. against Ohio State it just can't I think yeah, Haskins is huge for this offense especially yeah um, all right so here here's my uh, yep go here, ahead here's my my big question every yep. big game we ask this question yeah for sure and me and Rob always disagree on this <laughs> so we are going to try to agree on this I'm all going right. to talk to you why I think I'm right this time okay okay all right. scenario time okay you walk out yep. your Michigan opening coin toss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you win the coin toss. Yep. Are you kicking or receiving this game? I'm kicking. All right, I'm kicking too. Yep, All right, I'm we kicking. agree. I'm kicking. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, Not I a think, lot of hesitation no. on my end. Because I think against Michigan State, you receive. Yes. And that's what we talked about. Yes. Because I think you have to go down to the score right away, kind of yes. like they did. Yeah, in, absolutely. In a way. Yeah. I think this game, it's very important uh, to get, to a get stop. A, either a stop or if they go down and score in 14 plays, at least you know, okay, okay now we, we have to go. Yeah, and we, we have hang. to score yeah. to hang. Yep, yep, Where I think yep. if you get the ball first and go three and out, now you have a lot of question marks. And know? they get the ball at half. And, yeah, and you get the ball at half. So if you have a 10-point a deficit, a seven-point mm-hmm. de- something like that, yep. at least you get the ball at the second half knowing yes. you at least have a shot yes. to get that extra possession to score. Absolutely. No, I, I am I am 100% in favor of them kicking off first. Um, I think you want to get that field. And, and two – just like we talked about it with Michigan State in the fact that that crowd's going to be ridiculous. This crowd's going to be loud. It's going to be huge. It's going to be, it's gonna be yeah, it's it's gonna exactly. It's going to be loud for you. You're going to be at home. The place is going to be redonkulous. So you have to send an early message. If you can get, if you get them, they run seven plays and they don't get them away with points, that's a win for Michigan football right there. Yeah. And for them to then, because then now the game is in your hands because you can run your offense. You can run the ball on first down. You can run those quick screens that for the life of me, they try to kill me because they run it 12 times too many, but they can run their offense and not feel under pressure. The worst thing that can happen to Michigan is that it's all on Cade and they have to make big plays downfield mm-hmm. because you're going to lose that game that you don't have the receiving talent. You don't have the quarterback talent to, to do it. You just don't. It, it, at the end of the day, it just comes down to they're more talented than you are. Mm-hmm. But if, if you can get this down, to where you're throwing a punch, they're throwing a punch. You're throwing a punch, you're, they're throwing a punch. And get it to the point where you go, hey, listen, it's a drive or two. Is the difference in this football game? I think whether or not they win or lose, you can be, as a Michigan fan, you go, they were in it, they played their game, it just didn't happen today, mm-hmm. right? They Maybe they're just more talented. And that could just be the end of it. That's just the reality of it sometimes. Yep. Um, but getting an early stop is huge. Even if they score, it's like, okay, we know that we're going to get this the second half, right? So if we are down by two scores, we can come out, make adjustments, third quarter, go down, hopefully get some points on the board, maybe turn the second half momentum in our favor, coming out once again now on offense, crowd's going to be hot, second half. As long as they're not getting blown out, I think they've got a strong chance. But it's all about the start of this football game in so many ways to me. It's yeah. it's very much like if they, if they score in four plays, I think you could honestly see – I as much as of a chance of I see Michigan as a five percent chance of winning this football game, I give it a twenty percent chance that Ohio State just comes out and blows the door off. Yeah, it's it's in the reality of it, and mm-hmm. this is not an Ohio State team of old, but at the same time, their offense hasn't changed. It's still yeah. explosive. It still puts up points. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just it, it this is it's going to be a tough game. I'm excited. Yes. I'm excited to watch it. I hope. I'm praying like all hell that they can somehow pull off the upset. Yep. Because I think, and we're going to talk about this here in a second, um, about their chances in the Final Four. But you really, 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 you know, 
at some point you got to get it done. It's just yeah. the reality of it, you know. And I'm I'm hoping they can because I think it just make I think it's just one of those things where you go. It's just that relief, mm-hmm. you know. If Harbaugh win, they win this game. It's like okay, Harbaugh's beef. It's like okay, finally, like we just we did it. Cool, you know. Now we can move on from yeah. this from this narrative. Um, let's let's shift focus though a little. Uh, real quick, final score. <laughs> Give me a rough uh... estimate. We're going to go uh, 38-28 Ohio State. Yeah, I was going to go uh, 38-24 Ohio okay. State. That was yeah. where I had them. Okay. So. There's all that talk. We still don't have Michigan winning this no, football game. No, I don't game. have Michigan yeah, winning. I just think it's – I, I Now, will I possibly throw money on Michigan to win in the case that they do win and I win a lot of money? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Oh, well, it's some fun with it. I'm, but I'm gonna be rooting I, like I, hell. I'm, I'm still at the point for me, as well as they've played at times this year. It, it's, it's for me. It's you got to show me. Yes. You got to show me you can do it. So before I go in gung ho and say, "Yep, I'm taking Michigan. It's, it's gonna happen this year." You have to tell me. You have to show me that. Hey, look, they beat Ohio State and they weren't supposed to. No. You know what I mean? And I don't think anybody going into this game is thinking that Michigan's supposed to win this football game. No. I think you're drunk. I get it's in our in Arbor, but it doesn't. That doesn't mean anything to nope. me. Anyway, um, but speaking of that, though, the implications of this game are huge, right? Big Ten Championship. Are we both under the assumption that no matter who wins this football game, they're going to beat the other team in the Big Ten, um, in the Big Ten Championship? Yes, I'm like 99% sure. Yeah. I'm a I would little, be, if, if Michigan again, wins, I go— I'll be worried that they don't beat Wisconsin again. Yeah, if Michigan goes in there and lays an egg in the Big Ten title game, and you go, I hate you. Yeah. Everything about you, I hate. Yeah. Um, I, I, Ohio State will clean Wisconsin's clock out. Absolutely, so. for sure. So, with that being said, though, there is a lot of moving pieces in this Final Four this year, more than normal, right? So, Oregon loses big to Utah because they like to ruin my dreams. Um, so, because of that, they're going to fall out. They have two losses. Even if they win the Pac-12, it's it's done. It's not. You're, you're sorry about you. Um, yep. Kayvon Thibodeau's already putting his Detroit Lions jersey on as we speak. Yep. So, with that being said, you've got Georgia. You're going to have Alabama SEC Championship. That's locked at this point. It's going to happen. So, winner of that game is going for sure. Are we going to – so, let's start there, and okay. we'll kind of go down the list here because there's a lot of scenarios we need yeah. to go over today. Yes. Um, that's why it's going to dictate a good chunk of our discussion today. Okay. Um, Georgia wins. Georgia wins. Stay at number one. Yes. Alabama now has two losses. Yes. What does that mean? And – how is the committee going to spin it to where they're still somehow in the final four? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so before we get to yeah. that, we have to discuss who they will be yeah. in, in competition in with. Competition with okay. I believe. Yep. Right. So Oregon, as we said, so now, now, now we're doing this show on a Sunday. Yep. And we don't the new, know the new rankings. The new yet. rankings come out on Tuesday. So, but I, I can give you my predictive rankings. Yeah, I would. Yeah. So, so my predictive rankings going into the final week of the regular season. So you have Georgia one, Alabama two, Ohio State three, Michigan four, Cincinnati, Cincinnati five, Notre Dame six, Oklahoma State seven, Baylor eight. Okay. And I think those are the only important ones. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss nine, Oklahoma ten. But yeah. that I don't think those two really matter. No. So those are the eight, and those are the eight that you'll hear a lot of names talked about right now. Yeah. So with that being said, so um, so we're gonna have Georgia, 
So in our hypoth- in our first hypothetical, we're gonna have Alabama losing. Yep. Right. Yep. So they're gonna be in. So we have Michigan, Ohio State, like we just talked about, like thirty seconds ago. Winner of that game, we also assume wins the Big Ten. Yes. So we, yep. I believe that that team will be number two. We're yep. just gonna insinuate Ohio State right now because yeah. we both think Ohio State. If it's win. if it's an upset, we'll talk about it. We'll definitely talk. About we it. may even need to have a emergency podcast yeah. if, if michigan wins I'm yeah. gonna be but, so we're gonna i'm gonna insinuate ohio yeah. state wins i would agree with these that scenarios yep so ohio state will be two next so georgia will be one ohio state will be two yep so then you're in competition now oklahoma state plays oklahoma this week this is where things get fun they play oklahoma this week yep. i personally think they beat oklahoma I do too, and that's where it gets a little confuzzled there is because if oklahoma wins then they play bait or, or they play oklahoma state again oh jeez in back-to-back weeks oh, because Oklahoma State has the head-to-head to Baylor, mm-hmm. and they would all have right one loss, one or two losses or yeah. whatever. Oklahoma's so in, only lost once, right? Yeah, Oklahoma has only lost once, yeah. and that was to Baylor. Okay, yeah, right, right. Oklahoma State has only lost once, to and Iowa that State. was to Iowa State, and yep. Baylor has two losses. Okay. That are so not, Baylor, Baylor's got no chance of getting to the Final Four. Yeah, practically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so we have Oklahoma. So if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma – then it would be Oklahoma State versus Baylor in the Big 12 championship. Okay. If Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State, then you get a rematch of Oklahoma, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State because then uh, because Oklahoma State right. holds the tiebreaker Breaker to over Baylor. Baylor. Right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, depending on how you think that whole pack or the Big 12 thing shapes out, mm-hmm. so in this case, I'm going to say Oklahoma State. If somehow Oklahoma wins this whole freaking thing, if Oklahoma can beat Oklahoma State back to back, yeah. That becomes very interesting because then it's like, are you, are we bumping up? How high are we bumping them up to? I guess is the question then. That would suck because they're not good. They're not. They're not yes. a good. Fo- I, like no offense to Oklahoma fans out there, but like you watch this team, they're not a good football team. They're not. They're they're gimmicky. It's just they're not. In years past, you could say Oklahoma's a good football team. When they yes. had Kyler and they had yes. Baker and stuff. This is not good. You go on to two quarterbacks. I get it. The offense is explosive. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But you should have lost to Texas. You should. Who'd they play yesterday on Saturday? Iowa State. Iowa State. You should have lost to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. It's just you're just not you're not a good yeah. football team. Okay, so so with that being so, that's yeah. the Big Twelve breakdown because that's yep. the other big breakdown outside yeah, of the Big Ten. Yeah, that's a huge. I'm going to assume Oklahoma State gets it done. Okay, and and I think they make a strong case okay. to get there. So in that case, so we have Georgia beating Alabama. So Georgia would be one. Yep. Ohio, Ohio State would two. be two because they beat Michigan. Right. And whoever. Yeah. So then your Alabama will be then in discussion with Cincinnati. Notre Dame and Oklahoma State for the last two spots. Yep. And I guess Michigan backhandedly, if it's close to Ohio State. But yeah. I'm going to count Michigan out because they're not even in the Big Ten yeah. title game. Right. So in that sense, I think you almost have to put in Cincinnati because they're undefeated. Yes, I would agree with that. So you put, in, you yeah. put in Cincinnati. I don't so see Cincinnati losing a football game. And they have a big win over SMU on Saturday. They beat Notre Dame head-to-head, so they have to be in at least higher than Notre Dame. Correct. If you count games that matter. Yeah. And they'll have a conference championship over Notre Dame as well. Yes. So Cincinnati's yep. in for me. Yep, so I then I guess that. it comes down to, do you like Alabama, Notre Dame, or Oklahoma State? Assuming Oklahoma State wins. If Oklahoma State wins, I think they should be in. I think that's the reality of it. Like, you can't have a – you can't put a two-loss team in over a team with one loss and a conference championship. Alabama does not have the resume at that point. You don't have enough – you don't have enough big wins if you're Alabama. Who'd you beat? Yes. LSU? That's four and four? You Mm -hmm. can't – there's nothing you can say. You didn't beat Texas A&M, who is now ranked, which is fine, but you lost to them. 
Now, losing to – if they were undefeated, they lose to Georgia, I go, all right, there's a very easy case where you could put them over Cincinnati, even with Cincinnati being undefeated, because you lost the number one team in the country, close, more than likely. Yeah, and you're you just gonna, put them at three yeah, or Yeah, you're just better than yeah. – you're just better than Cincinnati. It's just reality of it. But if you have two losses, no conference championship, Oklahoma State takes care of business, Yeah, I just don't see – how that's any realm of possibility. Yeah. So, so that would be the outcome. That would be the, that would be the, hold on. Let me ask you this though. Okay. So if Oklahoma state loses to Oklahoma in the first game. Yes. So then we have the rematch. Okay. So now yes. Oklahoma state has two losses. Okay. And then they win the second one. And then they win the second one. So now Oklahoma has two losses. Now, okay. State wins the big 12. Mm-hmm. Does that, does those two losses, are they better because they have the conference championship? I'm taking Notre Dame out of this conversation, by the way. I don't think there's any way they get in. Okay. I don't. I just don't think it is. Yeah, I think it's okay. between – if Michigan loses, it's Ohio State. It's, it's it's Georgia, Ohio State, and then you've got the next two teams, right? Yes. If we're going to say Cincinnati wins out, they win it. I think they have – at this point, they've earned the right to be there. Okay. At that point, you have Alabama with two losses, one to the number one team in the country and to a very good Texas A&M team, mm-hmm. one is which by a last-second field goal. We don't know what happens in that Georgia game. Or you have Oklahoma State with two losses to a, a better than a, better than record shows Iowa State and a good Oklahoma team, I guess, on paper. And then you come back and win the Big 12. Who do you take out of those two? Because I think in that scenario – the committee gets put in a position where I, you go, how much do we rank conference championship games? Because if if they put in Alabama, you go, you've lost two SEC games, and you don't put, and they still are going to the Final Four. Then Michigan and Michigan State then would have just as much of a bitch to be like, well, we should be in there. Like Michigan's like, we lost the number six and number two team in the country, close both games. How mm-hmm. how do we not get in over Alabama? You, you know what I mean? So you have that conversation. Now, See, I think the problem you run into yeah. with this Oklahoma State argument yeah. is now what if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma so you get Baylor, Oklahoma State, and, and then, then Baylor, Baylor wins? Because yeah. Baylor doesn't it's look near as It's yeah. two, also two losses. Right. That's, so why then, I'm, that's why I like the other one better where Oklahoma gets there, and then it's like you, so you you have the rematch, and then you beat Oklahoma on the second time, So yeah. you have, but you still have two losses. Yes. Either way, it's if you have two two-loss teams – Yes. Then you have to include Michigan State and Michigan in and, those. See, the problem with Michigan-Michigan State, though, it, the only difference I have yeah. between that and your theory right now yeah. mm-hmm. is we're talking a Big 12 champion, Oklahoma no, State, compared to Michigan-Michigan State who aren't even in no, the I Big agree. 10 that, title that, I know. But that, so that's what I'm saying about Alabama, though. So if Alabama doesn't win the SEC championship— But Alabama, to me, at least— was in the SEC championship mm, game. Okay, I see what you mean. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, so Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah. So, like, if, if this, the argument would be made if Michigan was on the other side. Right. And, yeah. uh, like, they're on Wisconsin side and they went to the Big Ten t- championship and lost to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I would see your argument yeah, in that. Yeah. But because you're not even in the Big Ten title game right. to be there, now you're in the Notre Dame section where right. you're like, you, didn't even, you don't even have a conference game you're playing. Right. You're, right you only yeah. have your conference championship so, game you're so in. So then, all right, so let's take those games, let's take those teams out of it then. So it's, yeah. it's, let's just say Oklahoma State loses to Oklahoma, but then comes back and beats Oklahoma for the Big 12 championship. Okay. Okay. So they've got two conference losses now and. 
they've got the conference championship win, though. Yes. But Bama has two losses without a conference championship. And we're going to say one, two, three is Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and then this And then you're finding a fourth. And, and then your fourth is between Bama, Alabama yeah, and, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Who do you take? And that's what I'm asking you is that if you're the committee, it's literally shining light and saying, how much does a conference championship win matter in this equation? Yes. Because – you know they want to put Bama in the, as much as possible. Yeah, the the I I think the the tough part is um, Alabama's losses mm-hmm. look better. better. I agree. That's that's what I'm saying. And but they don't they have, have the championship win. Right. And I, I, the, I agree with you. It's, both have two conference losses, but one's got a championship and one doesn't. Because then it's like, well, but it's the Big Twelve championship. I think that's and the Big Twelve champ. Big Twelve sucks dick. Yeah. So it's like. It's it's one of those things where like we talked about Oregon kind of being a lock at three, gearing, you know, because like okay, but you're gonna go, you're gonna have one loss, but you're gonna win the Pac-10 or Pac-12, whatever, and it's just gonna be fine. Like yes. you're just gonna blow everybody else out. It's not gonna be a big deal. You've got and you've got a win over Ohio State. You've got enough on a resume to lock your spot. Yes. But so now that they're out, it's like the Big Twelve is garbage yes. in a lot of respects. That, well, that's the fun part about Oklahoma State is I think that if Oklahoma State wins out, they're in. Oh yeah, but that's not saying. But what if they pull in Oklahoma State and and lose a and game lose, and lose to Oklahoma and then they have to and or lose they to go, Baylor yeah. even right? That's what then, I'm saying. Then you're in a t- then then I think you take Alabama because I think when you look at them, you go. I think when you look at eye test and you look at the mm-hmm. games you've lost and the games you've played already. Mm-hmm. You go, Alabama's just so on another in that level. in that case though. And that's the precedent they've set because there was that time when Ohio State got blown out by Purdue like three years ago. Yep. And they yep. went out, decimated Michigan, who's yep. like number four, mm-hmm. and then won the Big Ten. Yep. But they put Alabama in, even though they lost that home game to yep. like LSU or something. Mm-hmm. But they were like, it was the SEC and Alabama only yeah. like like their one losses, Alabama's was a home yeah. Or was a road three point loss, yep. and Ohio State's was a home thirty one point loss, right, right. and like now you're comparing losses and games played at that mm-hmm. point, yeah. not really conference championships. And that's where for me, and that's where the expansion needs to happen. Exactly, and I hundred percent agree with that. But in the in the current scenario, right, it is very interesting to me because you literally get back down to like the eye test. It's like mm, okay. The eye test of okay, yeah, definitely Ohio, Alabama's better than Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State or Oklahoma or Baylor, all yes, three of them. All three like of them. it's not even. I, I don't even think it's that close. So then it, it comes down to once again where it's like okay, so basically you just have to, like like the like the bowl game. It's just it's you're you're setting a weird precedent. You are, and it's and it's honestly, I would honestly think it's more important for you if you're any other team. Watching that, if Bama somehow gets in with two losses mm-hmm. over a big over a conference championship winner with two losses, yes, outside of Oregon now because they blew it, yeah. it's it's one of those things where you go. So what you need to tell me is that outside of my conference games that I have to play, I'm scheduling nothing but cupcakes and I'm going to blow them out yes. because I want to look as sexy as possible mm-hmm. to this. And I like there's no incentive to have those crossover games now. There's no incentive to have Oregon yes. versus Ohio State now. Because that's that's why that's why the committee you know I mean? initially was a good idea to expand mm-hmm. has now turned regular season college football into nothing but boringness mm-hmm. because you don't have incentive. I have yeah, to no reason to, from Ohio State and Oregon because Oregon's like 
Ohio State's like, why did I schedule that game? Yeah, because you could be 11 and 0. Yeah, I could be undefeated right and now. And if you lose to Michigan by three, you still have a good shot exactly. at making a case. Right. So exactly. I'm I blew everybody one. out, and yeah. I lost at Ann Arbor to the number four team in the country in Michigan. Yeah. Um, okay, they moved to three or two. I go to four, and, be fine. and I should still be in. Yes. So this is the ultimate, and I hope we kind of see this, because I hope this forces the committee mm-hmm. to go, and I hope we'll force the NCAA to go, Oh man, this is gonna be a really bad look yeah. if we have a two-loss non-conference winner somehow back in to it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Cincinnati's had to be undefeated for two years, basically, yeah. outside of the bowl game to get in because they don't have that. Re- so it's like, oh boy, it's just all speculation and fuel to expand. Yes, because then we wouldn't have this issue. Top yeah. eight teams get it. Yeah. Who's your resume? Blah, there, blah, blah. There, was, there was like a thing where it's like, okay, so if you had 12, yeah. you'd be arguing 12, 13, 14. I'm like, listen, if you want to debate Ole Miss, Oklahoma, BYU, and Wisconsin. Fine. Sure. Yeah. Because all those teams are going to get destroyed by the number three. All those teams are going to get destroyed by Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Notre Dame. Yep. So yep. like we can have that debate. Yeah. But the debate of can – um, Oklahoma State go in and beat Georgia, even though Alabama lost by three points and they they are not a conference winner. But Oklahoma State won the Pac-12 and stuff like that's that's more enticing of a conversation yep. for four teams right. than discussing. Wow, Wake Forest could they be the twelfth team in in a twelve team tournament? Not sure, any, yeah, Who right. Cares? Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, and that's the part where you just go, "This is it's getting juvenile a little bit, right?" Because two with this. When you look at it, you almost have to put Cincinnati at three in this scenario because they're undefeated, right? Like, you have to. It's hard not to. Yeah, like, it'd be really impossible for you not only to have two losses, oh, but we're going to put you at three, so we guarantee you play Georgia so that Georgia can kick your ass, and then there's no way you get – and that way we can just stop talking about it. I would much rather – I mean, now, Ohio State would probably also beat Cincinnati by at least two scores, but the point is is that at least you give them the credibility to say – because then if you put Bama in, okay, so now we have Bama, Georgia again. Yeah. And Georgia's like, God bless it. Like, we just did this. Like, yeah. I don't want to play the same team back-to-back. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the hardest thing in football to do is play a team back-to-back like that. You can't do that. So it's like, what do you – it's it's going to be very yeah. interesting. Now, I, I hope shenanigans galore Now, happen. Now, we've we talked about – so I think – if you if you want to do like a power ranking and you yeah. put the best four teams in, yep. Georgia, Ohio State, yep. Cincinnati, and and Alabama or Oklahoma yep. State would be like okay, that's how you probably want to rank up. Now, yep. you're if you're a football fan and you want the best matchups, yep. I think you are rooting for an Alabama win. Agreed. Because if Alabama wins, Alabama goes to one very yep. easily. Yep. Georgia probably goes to either two or three. Yep. They don't well, drop to four. They don't drop to four, which no. is very important in yes. this. And then you have Ohio State or Michigan being yep. the two or three. Right. Playing and now Georgia. Playing Georgia. And then you have Cincinnati playing Alabama, right. who I think is a more it's a closer contest. How we, how we talked yeah. about literally five seconds ago where yeah. if, if Cincinnati plays Georgia, they're getting destroyed. Yeah. But if they play Ohio State, you might stand a chance. Yeah. I think playing Alabama, you at least stand a chance. Right, because Bama's because young, they make mistakes, and they haven't d- dominated people like they like have they in years past. past. So I think if in terms and of— And it's a good storyline. You have the, the best friend, the greatest set, you know, college coach ever against the team that's been undefeated for two years. Yeah, like so I, great, think, yeah. I, think, I think that would make for the best 
Final Four experience. Agreed. Uh, wait, that Saturday night would be a lot of fun to watch football. Yes, that's what I would say. I, I would. I would 100 agree. If you, if they, you were, if they had their druthers, in the perfect case scenario for the for the for the committee, it's it Bama wins, and then Bama Georgia somehow make it to the finals. That's exactly. That's what exactly it would be. what they want. And that's, that's exactly what they want. What they they want. want Alabama versus Cincinnati, Ohio State slash Michigan mm-hmm. against Georgia. Knowing full well, okay, Georgia's probably going to beat. The yeah, Big Georgia's going to shut them down, and, and then, yeah. Alabama will take care of the non-power five, and then you got Georgia, Alabama part. part As two. the optimist in me, I'm going to ask you this real fast before we switch topics here. Odds Michigan can beat Georgia, Alabama, and Cincinnati out of the say they say they already toppled the giant. Yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, they've already toppled that. And mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, I'll throw them in then too. So yeah. those other four teams, right? One, yeah. some, Three of those four are going to be there. Odds on each one that Michigan can beat those four? Um, 10% for Georgia. <laughs> uh, at that point, they probably at least would probably have at least made it to the finals, maybe. But yeah, and Georgia, Georgia yeah. more than likely you're playing in the championship game, though. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you're just happy that you're in the championship game. Yeah. Um, Alabama... Well, I mean, you beat Ohio State, so I'd give it yeah. like 30% chance. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, um, this thing, when you beat Ohio State, you go, oh, you did beat Ohio State. It's yeah, like, exactly. how did you do it? Did Stroud die in a fire? Or how did yeah, that... like <laughs> Stroud tears ACL out yeah, exactly. or whatever. Right. So yeah. Alabama, I'd give like 30 Did Ryan 30%. Day get hit in the head with a shoe and doesn't know how to call plays anymore? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Um, Alabama would be like 30% chance. Um, Oklahoma State would be like 60. Yeah. And then Cincinnati would be like 70, 75. Okay. Like, if you played, if we played, if Michigan played Cincinnati in the first round, yeah. I would go. I think there's a good chance Michigan can win this football game. You, you're going. In. I would agree with that as well. I would agree with that as well. Okay, I just want to get kind of get your update on that. So lots of fun, basically, is what we're saying for this next couple weeks here in in yeah. college football. Yeah, like, don't if, if like you, seriously, everything is going to be you, must if watch. If you don't have a lot of time, don't watch any Pac-12. Yeah, don't, don't watch any ACC. Any ACC. Nope. Don't watch any. Anything else, really. Really you're watching, anything you're else. You're watching Big Ten, SEC, and uh, Big 12. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. that's really it. And Notre Dame's going to win. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Big 12 is the most fun one to watch. Yes. And then Michigan, Michigan, and Michigan, Ohio State yeah. is like the game to watch. The game, yeah, but, for sure. Because a lot the, of yeah. – The Big 12 is like the most fun, though, because you have two games that mm-hmm. could go either way that can decide the conference. So. Yeah, college football is just lucky they don't got ties like in the NFL. Can you imagine? <laughs> they'd be so confused. I know they'd be like, "Wait, they'd be like, so you're I don't get in it. your conference, you're seven, yeah. two, and one." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Shoot. Michigan and okay. Ohio State tied each other. Ohio State gets in because that's always funny. Was like yeah. when they go over historic records. Yeah. Like I think Michigan, Michigan, they're like. 62 46 and three or something i was yeah. like where are those three ties going yeah they're just like oh it got dark and we didn't have light bulbs yet so yeah <laughs> and we couldn't play after eight o'clock or something so we had to stop the game. oh god that's ridiculous. Like, that tie come yeah from, that's okay? hilarious they're like we finally discovered that we should put ties no longer a thing in college yeah. that's yeah, back in like 1947 they were like oh we probably shouldn't die anymore. when there was 12 teams yeah oh boy all right let's shift focus here a little bit um i forgot what else we were talking about but we'll we'll, we'll figure it out oh real quick uh, Mich- no, Michigan basketball I do want to talk about real fast. Um, they lose to Seton Hall this week. Uh, they bounce back to beat UNLV, I think, so they beat uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, they but, played them at 1 in the morning. Yeah, because they're at a tournament in, like, some weird island or yeah. something. I don't know. Anyway, clearly they're not getting their studies done. That's all I have to say. No, <laughs> <laughs> no they were uh, studying before that oh, game. Oh, yeah, right. Um, they lose to Seton Hall at home. It's in a close game. You had a chance to win. You guys can't make free throws. It's the bane of my existence, really. Um Concern level at all. I know we're only a few games in, but we just got done singing their praises. Jawan Howard signs an extension, all that good stuff. Um, concern level 
at all about Michigan losing a game to Seton Hall at home. I was more pissed off that it happened. Yeah. But my concern level as a whole, knowing we're three games in, is very low. Yeah. Uh, but I was very annoyed the fact that they didn't come out and just beat them, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I've – I my annoyance totally, level was high. <laughs> yeah, like, my, yeah, like I was like, I guess I was annoyed. I mean, yeah. I, I see, and we talked about it last week. We're like, yeah. for me, Michigan basketball has gotten to that point where yeah. like the regular season doesn't mean as much to me anymore. Yep. Like it's not fun to sit and watch. I know people love these like blowouts and love watching them beat like UNLV by fifty five points. <laughs> I don't enjoy that. I'm sorry. Like I enjoy good basketball games. Yeah. So. Like, this whole regular season stuff, for the most part, for me, outside when they play, like, Purdue and Illinois and, like, the good Big Ten teams, mm-hmm. uh, most of it I'm not going to probably watch this year because I'm going to go, oh, you're probably either going to win or lose very closely because you're a really good team. Yeah. And the only part I'm going to start watching is the Big Ten tournament and the actual tournament itself to see how you yeah. do in that. Right. Um, so I was not concerned at all that they lost to Seton Hall. They lost by one in one of their worst games they played in, like, four years. Yeah. So. They were like at one point over like, twelve from three. Yeah, couldn't make a jumper. And I think this is the early problems that you're going to see from Michigan moving forward year after year is having a lot of freshman talent mm-hmm. having to play a lot and and not gel together enough because like even like last year you were like okay so we have a sophomore Frank Frank Rangner, you have a senior Isaiah Livers you have freshman freshman Hunter Dickinson yeah. but he was able to drive. Uh, a right. senior Eli Brooks, right? Like and you're bringing in Mike senior, Smith and bringing in Shondi Brown, yeah, who are both the seniors in yeah. the rotation. So you have so much like veteran leadership and a whole bunch of junior senior talent mm-hmm. that like you were ready for these big North Carolina games. You were ready for that stuff early on in the season. Yeah. So you start off on like a 10-0. Yeah, they were really good. Streak, yeah, mm-hmm. and you went from unranked to like number five in the country before you lost your first game. Yeah. This year you come in and you go, we have five star Caleb Houston, we have fifth year senior Eli Brooks, second year Hunter Dickinson. But you have so many guys who haven't played together yet yeah. that you really only have Eli Brooks and Hunter Dixon who've like played together for any and you kind can of see minutes. it. And this Seton Hall was the perfect example because you could see it immediately that they were on the same page the whole game. Yeah. I love Eli Brooks. He's not going to the NBA. He's not going to be very good there. He, I don't think he'll get drafted. But yeah, he's he's a, he's a monster. Though, oh man. man, he's fantastic. He's just the he, you know what he's going to be. He's going to be a great coach yeah. one day. Like I can totally see Eli Brooks is by the way he's a high school basketball coach and his team hasn't lost in four years. And I go, I can totally believe yeah. it. Yeah, so of the so way. Um, yeah, so I'm not worried. Yeah, um, you lose to Seton Hall, you lose to Seton Hall, I guess, and we'll see yeah. you in the Big Ten tournament as the three or higher seed, and we'll see you in the NCAA tournament as a four or higher seed, and we'll see So. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Yeah. Let's talk real quick here. Um, let's talk this Lions quarterback situation a little bit. Okay. I, I'm not going to talk about the schedule. I'm not going to talk about Jared, them winning, Jared losing. Hoopball. Yeah. I, it, you know, we got Tim Boyle starting probably the next couple of weeks. TB12, by the baby. time you hear, by the time you hear this, they'll probably have already lost to Cleveland by 40. It is what it is. Hey, we said uh, that last week to Pittsburgh and they tied. So and then you ruin my day because I'm like, I still want them to win a game. And you're like, yeah, but there's a potential that that means they lose their first pick. And I go, ooh, that's not good. That's not good at all. Yeah. So actually, I was like, I don't even know if they if they didn't if they lose to Pittsburgh and they somehow like beat Cleveland or something. Yeah. I don't know what the tiebreaker is for them in Houston as one win yeah, teams. Like I would I have to, I, could yeah, like, I, I would have, have to put it in like a schedule yeah, and yeah. stuff and yeah, whatever for sure. But either way, but with the one with the one fifteen and one record, you're definitely yeah because so it's, it's a win and a half yeah. basically over yeah. a win. So. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, 
you know, Tim Boyle, whatever, David Blau, whoever the hell the quarterback is. That's not really the purpose of this discussion. What is the purpose of this discussion, though, is so we went into the season hoping with a prayer that maybe Jared Goff could be the guy. It would be the perfect scenario if he was because his yes. contract is manageable. You know, he's a young guy. He's 26, 27 years old, right? Maybe you can just build a team around Jared Goff. Yes. Clearly, we have seen at this point not the case. Mm-hmm. And I will put caveats on this by saying his receiving core is terrible. I Yeah, I still wish we saw him with at with least like something. Galladay and Marvin. Like Galladay and Marvin. Because yeah. I'm like, if you had, if you gave him Galladay, Marvin, and Danny Amendola yeah. with TJ Hawkinson, yeah. he, he, I don't think he could be this bad. Yeah, right. And I and I actively agree with you on that. And so I that is why I have reserved because, judgment until now. Yeah. Because I'm like, I am trying to give you every benefit of the doubt, yeah. knowing what you are working because with I was like, is like, hot garbage. Because he wasn't like awful in LA, and he had Cooper no. Cup and Robert Woods and all that stuff, right. and you know Cam Akers. So I was like, I was like, you're doing well yep. with good talent. Yeah. So that's what, and that's maybe what you are is you're not yeah. elevating talent, but at least right. you're doing well with talent. But you Correct. have no talent here. Yes. So it is. It has been difficult. However, to that point, what is not I don't think disputable is the poor decision-making that we have seen at times um, and the times where the missing of opportunities, as rare as they are, he has not hit the mark when it comes to Khalif Raymond finally breaks press coverage for a five-yard separation. You underthrow him. That can't happen in the way that they're set up right now. Can't. So I'm under the assumption that Goff is not their guy long term. We yes. saw it, especially. I know we got hurt last week, but Ian Campbell basically went, "I'm taking the ball out of your hands because I don't trust you that you can win the game for us." It's just kind of how it happens. So, with that being said, quarterback is firmly on the table for this upcoming draft. And as you all know by this point, me and Mike draft coverage all day, every day. We hit it hard as hard as we can for the most part. Um, and we will do that again this year with the amount of excitement that is around this year's draft for the Lions. However, we're not going to talk about that specifically. I'm going to pose this question to Mike right now. Knowing that there is not a quarterback worthy of taking, we're assuming we have the number one overall pick. Okay. Thibodeau more than likely is the pick. Um, I'd probably put money on that, honestly. But outside of that. Should I right now? <laughs> Mike, we have a problem. No, no. Um with that being said, with either their second pick, maybe their first round pick in the second round that they're going to have, do you take a quarterback this year? Is there a quarterback you love enough to do that with? Or do you wait a year, stick with Jared Goofball or Tim Boyle or who the hell ever? You take with your – I'm just going to talk in first and second round here. With your first top three picks, you take best player available. You take Chris Olave, hopefully, if he falls to you. You take the best defensive player after that, right? You take a linebacker. You take a corner. You take a safety. You take whoever the hell you want, whatever. Um, another wide receiver, even, depending on what you're doing for agency. Or, or – and you wait, and you take a quarterback next year, knowing that C.J. Stroud is going to be in that draft class. I take a quarterback this year. You do. Now, there's a specific quarterback I want. Okay. And if it's not him, then give real quick, but as then we go, possibly as we go not. This. But okay. So with that caveat, first off, who's your guy? Number one, is Kenny it, Pickett. It is your guy. Kenny okay. Pickett. All right. Now, for rank for me, 
who in this quarterback class rank them for me right now. Not on who the Lions are go- have the possibility to get, but like oh. if you if you have your if you have your pick, I know I'm putting you on the spot here because we didn't talk about this ahead of time, so I'm kind of yeah. putting you on the spot. And we're gonna go. We're gonna review this again later as yeah, we get closer yeah, to the draft. But so, Sam Howell, Malik Willis, Pickett. Coral Corral. Uh, is that it? Uh, I'm, looking, I'm looking at quarterbacks right now. Yeah. So I can, Are those like, the, the four? Okay. All right. So here, here's the list. Ready? Okay. Now, here's the thing. So who I think is the – I think Kenny Pickett works well with the Lions. Yep. I don't know if necessarily I put him, like, as the best prospect for okay. quarterback. Yeah, that's right? what I'm asking. Okay. So I would have Sam Howell number one. And I think how I think actually how it would work okay with the Lions as well, yes. but, but I digress. Like, I, don't, yep, I, I yeah. wouldn't pick him number yep. one though. Like, I, I would I not. A hundred percent no. no. Um, so I'd have Sam Howell number one. I would have Kenny Pickett probably number two. Okay. Okay. Um, I would actually have now. This one might be very unpopular, so oh we're just gonna go with it. Oh boy. I'm gonna put Desmond Ritter three. Really? Out of Cincinnati, I, huh? could, And I have problems with the other three that we're gonna talk about. Now I haven't not watched a lot of Carson Strong. Out of Nevada, I don't like him because he's 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 too immobile. He don't yeah. have the arm strength yeah. to be that immobile. So, yeah, so, he's I, so like, far I, down I, my I list. can't I can't put him anywhere because I don't know much about Ooh. him. My problem with Matt Corral is he is a one read. I don't know what to do after that he kind of is, quarterback. If you want to laugh at Ohio State quarterbacks? He's an Ohio State quarterback of years past. Yeah, every single one of one read. Nope, I'm I'm gonna do something else. I'm yeah. throwing her away. He's I'm like doing whatever he, else. he watches yep. a slant and go. That's not open. I don't know what to do now. Yeah. So that's my scare with him. Big arm though. Now Matt Corral, I think sitting for a year under golf. Not saying that golf's gonna help him very much, but like no, just no. like being able to watch the game and have yeah. Anthony Lynn more or less yeah. showing him stuff. Maybe he could develop into something better. That's more than one read. I don't think Anthony Lynn's gonna be here after this year, but. Okay, so, and then my problem with Malik Willis is, one, he plays at Liberty, so it's hard to judge, and his one big game was against Ole Miss, and he threw, like, five interceptions. And I I just don't think he makes good decisions with the football in general. Yeah, I think he's an athletic freak, and I think he's going to test phenomenal. Yes. But he's going to look like what Zach Wilson did, where he's going to have great arm strength. Mm -hmm. He's going to be able to do a lot of that stuff. But when in game film, you're going to be like, why do you throw that? Let me ask you this, though. Based on what we of the very limited knowledge we have on Mr. General Manager of your Detroit Lions, Brad Holmes, knowing that when he came out and he said that Trey Lance was really the only quarterback they were considering taking at seven if he fell to them, yeah, does that skew Malik Willis as a potential option for them in the back half of the first, early second, depending on what happens, obviously, as the draft board falls, to Detroit, knowing that Trey Lance was a raw prospect, athletic freak. Right now, he's played better. I mean, he was a dominant force when he was at North Dakota State, but it's also Division II. Um, do you does that for you do anything for you as from from a Lions perspective of if Malik Willis is there, maybe they will they would take him over Pickett because of the raw athleticism and knowing the very limited amount of what Brad Holmes what we think we know about what Brad Holmes is looking for in a quarterback. Yeah, no, no, like I think Malik yeah. Willis would be their pick. Okay, he's just not necessarily like. Yeah, no, I know, I know. One. I was just asking. Like, yeah, it, it's yeah. the same thing where like everyone had like Tua high on their board, but yeah. I was like, no, 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 I like Herbert more. Yeah, like, right. Like I have, right, right, I yeah. like Kenny Pickett more. Okay. Yep. But Malik Willis, I would not be shocked if they picked like a Malik Willis. Yeah. But in my board, I would have Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, 
Carson Strong. Yeah, Carson Strong is not even close. But he's not even if they like, take Carson Strong, I'm gonna be pissed because yeah. he's not. He's he's immobile. The arm strength is not there to yeah. be. If you are immobile and you are a straight pocket guy, you better have a rocket launcher attached to your arm. Yeah, it's just the reality. So yeah, so that that would be my list of quarterbacks. Okay, okay, just interesting. So, so you so you would still so going back to the original question, you would still rather take a quarterback this year. Yes. Then wait a year, take three of the best players available in the draft, and then, and then you know, and then next year yeah. do whatever you want. But, I, I I like the idea of you know what you're gonna get this year, and you don't know what you're gonna get next year. Idea to yeah. the point where, like, so you pick like Thibodeau, Chris Olave, and say you didn't pick a quarterback, and say you yeah. picked like uh, name a dude, yeah, I don't right. care, whatever. Like say you pick like Daxon Hill or some shit, I don't know, as a safety, whatever. So you pick three guys. I like that. <laughs> So you pick those three guys. Yeah. Those those guys immensely help your team because they're all three starters. starters. Yeah, immediately, uh, literally so, immediately. Will Harris. Now you Bye. look. Yeah, now you look in and you go, next year's draft. So now next year you win five games, six games with this team. Now I can't maybe even think about next year because I, but, I can't even imagine yeah. getting out of this hell that we're in now. But if you're in that space where you yeah, win yeah. that many, yeah, now sure. it's like okay, now we're picking five, six, seven. Right now, and there's, then with the Rams yeah. pick still going to be in the thirties or whatever. So now you're looking at. CJ Stroud might not even be on the board next year. 100%. Because yeah, CJ Stroud might be going number one to Houston or yeah. number one to wherever. Yeah, and absolutely. without him, you don't know who the other hot, you know, Bryce Young maybe or whoever. Yeah. But I think you know this year, okay, we know Malik Willis, we know Kenny Pickett, yeah. and we know we have the ability to draft these guys when we want them or we can trade up to get now, them or whatever. D- does, it, does, it, does it change for you a little bit, though? And I'm going to throw this monkey wrench into there for you a little bit where because of the fact that they have two first-round picks the next two years, right? Mm-hmm. If they don't take a quarterback this year, right? Say they take three of the best players available. Next year, say they're picking seven, right? They have the ability because they have the ammunition. Mm -hmm. In theory, say the Rams are picking 28. They make the NFC Championship game lose. They have the ability, though, to package seven and 28 Mm -hmm. to move up to go get potentially, maybe not to number one, but potentially, say – the Jets are picking one. They're not going to take a quarterback two years in, I would assume. I don't know. The Cardinals took back-to-back years of quarterbacks. I don't know. But, like, where you have the ability, right, to potentially maybe move up to go get your quarterback. Yeah, I, I've – I uh, hit you on that point. Yeah. But I also like the idea of – because I don't think any I'm of not saying right are, one way or the other. Yeah, I don't know. On I really don't. Yeah. I am so un – bias towards any QB this year yeah. in so many aspects because I think there's p- really good positives for most of them. Carson Strong is not one of them. Yeah. But and, but there's also some like, oh, God, like, that wasn't great. You know what I yeah. mean? And I haven't um, seen some guy take the reins and go, no, no, I'm the best quarterback in this class. Yeah, no, I, I just like the idea of because you have golf guaranteed for a year mm-hmm. to draft a guy. Yeah. And – because here's the thing: is you pick now, you could you now we could be the Arizona, right? Like we could be that team that yeah. you pick Kenny Pickett, right? Say yeah. or Malik Willis, right? Yeah. Golf plays eight games; he's just totally not there. Yeah. So you go, okay, we'll see what this kid has. If this dude's awful and you have one win next year, yeah. okay, then you're gonna go pick C.J. Shroud, right? Like, like I think you have the ability with those two first round picks yeah. to have the to to, to have that flexibility, to have that flexibility out. where if you don't get the quarterback right and you have a whole year to see if he's right mm-hmm. to pick the best guy available next year and see yeah. if that works. Like you have multiple shots at it. I just don't want to become the Jets where they take Geno Smith or take a quarterback like that where it's a weak quarterback class or the Buffalo Bills. We're gonna take E.J. Manuel mm-hmm. and you're like. 
I guess. And then you're like, you're hoping to God that that's the guy in a weak quarterback class yeah. because you need a quarterback. I just don't want to be that. Well, team. that's why, because you know I, I don't mean? think you need a quarterback. Yeah. Which is why I think you have, because like EJ Manuel, they need him. They plopped in like right away and he mm-hmm. sucked. Mm-hmm. I think you can at least have Kenny Pickett sit there for eight games and go, here's, here's some stuff. And you're going to have Chris Olave as a weapon, or you're going to have, yeah. you know, what's his name? Jahan Dotson from Penn State as a weapon, or yeah. you're going to have Garrett because you're drafting a receiver. So, yeah, <laughs> we've already put that in. Yeah, well, that's in there. So, <laughs> you're getting someone to help you immensely, yeah. too. So, I don't okay. know. Okay. Just want to get your take I, on it. I'm on take a quarterback train, take Kenny Pickett, and let's roll. All right. All right, there we go. We'll see how we feel as we get closer and closer throughout the process. It's going to be take Kenny Pickett the entire time. <laughs> like, I was on the. Herbert train. Well, I was on the Herbert train. Not for the Lions, but you're like, you think but I was you, like, thought you were definitely in the camp of Herbert is definitely the second best quarterback yes, in the class. Yes, That's I, I was I was cool with Okuda yeah. at the time. Yeah. But I was like, if you're going to take a quarterback, you take Herbert. Yes, I was also, I was firmly just in the Okuda camp. I still am. I still think he's got time. I, I know some people may disagree with that, but I still think he needs to give him time. He needs to play football, actually. I think he just needs to play. That's the thing. I think he needs to play. And I, you know. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. play. So. Yeah. Once again, right? I can, you know, we'll we'll talk about Okuda next year. But anyway, um, all right, let's talk Tigers, um, real quick. They just kind of, huh? They do, things. they do things, and for the first time in a couple of years, they're actually doing things in the off season. So, um, first thing, let's have a small moment of silence that Nico Goodrum is no longer on the Detroit Tigers. My favorite Tiger. Okay, no one cares. Anyway, whoa, uh, whoa I just say Tiger. <laughs> um. But the big new two two big points of con- or actually three I would say uh, number one Eduardo Rodriguez coming to the Tigers from Boston uh, on a three or four year deal I think seventy seven million I think is the number um, he's going to be a starting pitcher for us you know that you know we talked um, a couple weeks back right the postseason presser right by AJ Hinch and Alavila they were like listen we need shortstop help. Um, we need starting pitching. We need depth. We need, you know, we're okay with the outfield side. You know, obviously Torkelson and Riley Green are going to have a chance to make the ball club. All these, all highlight-worthy notes and news, right? Um, they will go out. First real big move of the offseason in the majors, really. Um, Tigers go out and get one of their guys, right? Um, it's the first time we have seen now in a few years the Tigers open up the checkbook in any real length of time. Um, thoughts, Mike, on Erod coming over? I mean, he doesn't have a ton of innings pitched. Um, I think his ERA was around, I think, four something at one point. Um, I, I think he's going to be. I don't. I don't think he's. I think Casey Mize is, pro- is probably firmly your opening day starter next yeah. year. But I think he's definitely going to come in and be second, third in the rotation. I think he's going to be a huge addition for this yeah. rotation. I think it's great because I think yeah. it adds to Casey and to Riley Green and to all the guys you have there, just yeah. adding an extra pitcher in there, yeah. whether you want to use him as a – which, I mean, he will be a starter pitcher. Oh, he's, but, not, he's a starter. I, I mean, like, $77 million, yeah, he's coming in to, yeah, he's to a, eat he's a Phoenix. But um, you can move one of those guys into your – the other guys that you had last year into your bullpen, and mm-hmm. now you increase your bullpen. You have, a extra, you have a better starter there than you did last year. So now you feel more confident going in. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great – I mean, 10.5Ks – 10.6 uh, strikeouts per nine innings in 2021. That's what you're getting. That's what you're getting out of Eduardo Rodriguez, right? He's a lefty, too, which is another, you know, 
you know, another thing as well. Um, they had some, oh, it's a five-year deal. I'm sorry, not a four-year deal. It's a five-year deal. Um, you know, we knew that Toronto was in on Eduardo as well, um, but he opted to come here. Um, he's apparently his buddies with uh, Miguel, apparently. I didn't know that. Um, but very much, it, this very much felt like a, um, a very targeted, like yeah. they circled him. Yeah, we're like, we need this. We're guy. gonna go get him yes. specifically. And I love I as a as a fan of any team, whether it works out or not, I am always a big fan of teams when when free agency and that kind of thing. Now, obviously, right now with the offseason, they I think they're gonna wind up sacrificing I think a second or third round pick based on how MLB works, right? Mm-hmm. But I love it when a team goes out there and they go and target a very specific guy and they go, no, this, and they go get their guy. Like, yeah. I am very much a fan of that. Like, if, if the Lions are like, we're going to go sign DJ Chark, yeah. I'm just going to name a random wide receiver, right? We, we want DJ Chark. Or we're going to circle his name. That's going to be our guy. We are mm-hmm. going to get him. They did it with Golden Tate. They did it with Glover Quinn. They did it with, like, when they get a guy in the building, we're like, we're not letting you leave. No, no, you're going to fucking sign. Even when TJ Lane didn't work, but like, the Lions were very much like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. We're, we need you. We want yeah, you that bad. Yeah. I, it makes me very happy to know that there is a concerted game plan where you go, him, that guy. We are going to invest in that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, also, like, if you're a basketball fan, like the yeah. Kelly Olynyk one where yeah, it's like – you we, could tell. We, like, we want Kelly Olynyk, yeah. and he was, like, the first signing and of the here's day. here's why. Here's why we're going to yeah. do it. And you understand the logic – of what they're doing and why he fits in that. So that's huge for them. I was very happy to see them open the pocketbook. It's for me, when you see that as a team starting to make investments, players, you go, all right, this is now the most transparent, obvious, whatever adjective you want to use word to show we are no longer in the quote unquote rebuilding phase. This is very firmly a, all right, we're going to start to, we're going to start to try to compete. Now you have the manager. Hopefully you have some young guys, you're now hoping, no, 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 no. We're going to go start winning, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, second news, not as much as – not as important. I'm kind of saving the big fist for last. Um, Justin Verlander going back to the Astros on a one-year $25 million deal, so he is not going to come back to Detroit, at least this year. Um, thoughts on Verlander heading back to the Strohs? Did you think that he was ever going to come back to Detroit? I still think it's a low-key possibility next year because he only signed a one-year deal with a yeah. – I think it's a player option for year two. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, he's he's a you know he's your number three. I mean, yeah. he came off a of Cy Young two years ago before Tommy John, but I mean, he's 34, 35, 36 years old, so he's he's getting up there. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, he'll be your number three, four. Yeah, at little, but, at, at but I mean, having him as your number three, four would be kind of insane. I mean, I think that is a very strong possibility next year in terms of what we're seeing now. I think it depends with, a lot on what they look like this year. If well, they that too, yeah. You know so what like, I mean? Like if there yeah. are if their pitching looks so much better and yeah. they're able to get offense going this right. year. Yeah. And if they're competing lo- for a playoff If you're looking spot, at yeah. like a – because what were they this year? So 162. So they were like 78 and 84 or something. Yeah, they were close they were right to 500. 500. They were really close. So if they, if they get to like 86 wins yeah. this year, 90 mm-hmm. wins – ish yep. and you're looking at okay so Competing now you're wild card yep. you're, you're kind of in the area you're still a couple games off from the wild card i think verlander looks at it and goes okay maybe with me there right i push him over i the come top. home i'll end my career here maybe we can get one last run one last nice yeah. run there and yeah. i think that would be that'd be awesome for sure sweet. and now the third thing now this isn't i wouldn't say news yet but i do think it's important right we talked about a couple weeks ago carlos correa 
being basically probably the number one target yeah. for your Detroit Tigers at shortstop from the Houston Astros. Uh, AJ Hinch obviously has a great relationship with him. So they had breakfast slash lunch because it went from breakfast and they talked all the way until lunch, which is hilarious that's to a, me. That's a weird timeline. Right? No kidding. Um, uh, somebody took a picture of him, which, you know, if I'm then like, can you fucking chill? But <laughs> um, hey, you're famous. So you can't right. Exactly. Um, so I had a long conversation. Apparently they're really close already. So it's not a lock or anything that he's coming here. But once again, the object of, oh, we're going to go spend big money to fill the biggest need on our team to go get a guy playing at the level he's playing at, you know, with a guy that Hinch is very familiar with, all that good stuff. Give me a percentage chance that he signs here. Um, I think at this point with all – I mean, at one point somebody was like, oh, it's basically Correa's coming. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, hold on. Let's let's pump the brakes here. There's a lot of offseason still left to go. Mm-hmm. Um percentage-wise for you, and if they don't get him, it's kind of a letdown at this point, don't you think? Because it's like you're almost conditioned to be like, oh, we're just waiting for the official yeah. Tigers PR Twitter account to be yeah. like, Carlos Correa's coming. We're all like, ah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think it's a good, like, 70-30 that he comes. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah. I think there was a good chance that he – I think the Astros are going to try really hard to keep him. Yes. Yeah. But I do think that if he is as close to A.J. Hinch as is believed and mm-hmm. stuff – and you look at the team outlook and go, this Tigers team is a young team oh, that you can roll with. You're going to be the star of this franchise, yeah. really. You're going you're gonna to be the face with like Casey Mize <laughs> for like six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, you and, and in a year or two, you're probably going to start your run. Like yeah. It's not like you're coming in. You're not like mm-hmm. the Yankee teams that are like, okay, this is our last leg of the run. So we're just gonna sign you for two years and come yeah. will come yeah, help yeah. us for this last leg. Like you're like looking at like a possibility of like yeah, a you're five. not even in your run yet. Yeah. You're still building. Yeah, towards like you're that. you're looking at the the window mm-hmm. and like I'm over here. Yeah, I'm gonna slide over here <laughs> and I'm like I'm like unlocking the window. Right, and like starting the you can't see it, but I'm like raising <laughs> the window up right now. And you're like, oh, I see the window, and you're about to start walking to the window of me right. opening it with my Tigers gear on. Right, that is. Right where they're at right, right now. Right about can, where they're at. You can feel it. And I, and I think I think Avila, I think part of the 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 way they got Hinch to come here was, okay, like we're going to give you a little bit more control. What do you want? Like what is what do you foresee, right? And yeah. I think ownership in Avila, I think you get a warm, fuzzy feeling. You go, man, we didn't have a ton of talent on this roster last year, and we almost were at 500. Imagine what we can do if we go spend some money now, and I think that's what you the pitch to Illich, you yeah. know, the son now because he hasn't spent money for anybody, asshole, uh, to say, hey, listen, look at what we did, look at who we still have coming up. You have Riley Green, you've got Torkelson coming, and you're like those guys, we're gonna kick some of these rotation guys that we're just hang are just hanging around out of here, and Maggie's coming to an end, so that contract he's gone, we can fill that role. You know, Torkelson may not want to be playing first base, actually. So yeah. just be aware of that because Candy looked pretty good. So it's like you're like, there's a lot of potential with this Tigers team. And yep. so they're they're finally going, let's get our veterans now. So in a year or two, when we have all these guys and we're really starting to flourish, allow these guys to learn while we're still winning because we have, you know, mm-hmm. top notch on the other end. Oh, yeah. I think the pitching end of it as well, being as uh, being as well as they ended last year, pitching – I think really kind of helped the f- thought of maybe we're closer than we thought we were. Because mm-hmm. if the pitching is terrible, it doesn't matter what you do. But yeah, the fact sure. that Mize had a really good year, Scooble had a pretty solid year. You had guys come in and you go, 
Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe this, yeah, maybe this pitching staff, maybe these young kids are finally starting to show up a little bit. So yeah. that's exciting for sure. Um, so we'll obviously keep an eye on that. Um, it's an exciting time though. It's finally, it's, it's, it's good to finally talk about tigers and aspects of, Hey, maybe we're going to start winning yeah. again. It's, it's good. Uh, all right, let's shift focus. Last topic of the day real quick. Let's knock this out. Uh, we have a whole bunch more WWE releases because apparently that's what they do every month now is they just cut half their roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's a thing. Uh, some of the big names. I know. Your your, uh, your wish has not been granted. Morrison would not be world champion at this company. <laughs> I know. It bums me out so hard. Um, no. So, yeah. So Hit Row, Dagon. Um uh, yeah, John Morrison, he got released. Uh, I'm trying to actually find who the hell else they actually. I I don't like n- notice any of the big names. Like there weren't like it was like Morrison hit row and then like four other people that were like. The hit there. row one was shocking to me a little yeah. bit, honestly, um, because it's like you just brought him up. I yeah. honestly thought they had a good little run. Okay, here we go. So John Morrison, Isaiah Scott, Top Dollar. Ashante, the Adonis, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, and Jackson Riker. So Jackson Riker couldn't care less. Shane Thorne, goodbye. Drake Maverick, I mean, if you're still tired of running around the arena for the 24-7 title, goodbye. Um, Tegan Knox, I never was huge on her. I thought she got a contract because she got hurt, and then they just kind of like, okay, sure. Um, but, yeah, John Morrison getting cut bums me out a little bit. I'm a big Morrison guy. I've always been ever since he was Johnny Nitro as part of Eminem. I just have been. I don't know why. Um, and I thought I thought top, I thought the hit row thing I thought was nice. I thought it was really good. I thought they made something out of people that you're like, who the hell are these guys mm-hmm. outside of Isaiah Swerve Scott, who will probably be going back to Shane Strickland if you care to follow his career at all. Um, yeah, just kind of a weird. I mean, it's it's like 80 guys that they've released over the last like year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you could have a whole WWE 2K roster of just people that they've released. You know what I mean? Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm true. sure, I'm sure 2K guys are like, can you stop releasing people please? Yeah, we like put this game together. Yeah. We program people, which real quick, how excited are you for the new release? You got GM mode back. If it's, if it's online GM mode, I'm going to pee myself. They got GM mode. They have this, my faction mode, which yeah. I personally am very excited for. Cause you know how much I love factions. Yeah, I heard it might just be like ultimate team though. Oh, Really? What else are you going to do? I don't know. Well, I don't like that. That's not good. I don't like that. Pooping my Cheerios a little bit. (laughs) But yeah, online GMO is going to be really fun, right? You got the, uh, apparently it's supposed to be like a new engine too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Which will be, which will be kind of neat. But anyway, um, just thoughts on the releases. It's more budget cuts is what they're saying. I mean, Honestly, it's weird to think about, but like, does it really change a whole lot? No. Like, that's the thing. It's like for me, it's like even the people that they they did the last cuts, right? It's like some people are like, oh wow, that's kind of shocking that they got released. But at the same time, you're like, but am I missing any of them? You're not missing any of them. It's just like because you have the split roster. Like I said, yeah. it's like just like the depth yeah. of not having a hundred rematches. Yeah. Like at least having Karrion and Cross out there yeah. and Keith Lee. Yeah. Like you at least having some more fresh matchups except when they face each other 12 times yeah but like <laughs> but like you had the ability to have like keith lee into programs with like Shane yeah. and drew mcintyre and had good matches with them and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. um karen cross didn't do much on the main roster but like yeah. you know what i'm saying um it's just weird it's i just, just weird. i just yeah, I'm I not in my lifetime has there ever been this just mass exodus where they're like nope yeah. and i think part of it a little bit if i had to guess the, the hit row one is a little bit weird. They heard there were some backstage issues with one of them, top dollar or something like that. Apparently he had attitude issues. But um, 
For some of them, though, when you look at it and you go, it, it's still ringing true to the whole adage of they're trying to get younger. Yeah. Like Morrison's 40. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, his wife, Taya, she's up there, right? Like um, Keith Lee is in his, probably in his mid-30s, right? Cross is a little bit weird, but I think they're just like, ah, we kind of ruined him, so let's just let him go. But like <laughs> yeah. certain guys, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you're just like, man, we're already in their mid-30s, 40. Yeah. You know, like we're really trying. Now, Grant, I get it. 40 is not what it used to be. I mean, AJ Styles is 40 something and he's still one of the best in the world. I get that. Yes. But you can't survive off a roster full of 40 year olds. You yes. can't do it. It's not possible. So I think that's probably part of it as well as they're just trying to get younger. They're trying to like get people in, right. Train them. And like, let's, let's make new stars. Yes. Really. You know, yeah, so it's, it's interesting for sure. Um, anybody on that list interest you to go to AEW at all? Um, I don't really have anybody. I personally. would say outside of Isaiah Swerve Scott, I yeah. think could do some TNT stuff maybe. Yeah. Outside of him, not really. Yeah. I think a guy who I I think John Morrison should go to Japan. Yeah. Because I think he would be because he's yeah. athletic as hell. His promo's not great, which you don't need to have yeah. in Japan. I think he'd be great. Yeah, he'd be more, great you know there. I mean? or just you know? go back to like Impact or something. Oh yeah, be, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for there. But I think he would be really good over there and somewhere like that where like. He, I feel like you can make a difference there, right? Yes. Where he could be a top, you know, American guy yeah, over there yeah, because yeah. he's as athletic as he is, and and you know, like his moveset's very unique and everything else. I just think it'd be, I think it'd be a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, last minor topic of the day, and we'll kind of close out this week. Um, Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan. We always talk about it every year. It's the only New Japan show we talk about at length, just because. Um, can you make an Okada? To be yeah, in? exactly. That's a little bit different. That blew our socks off. That whole show still. Bucks and Sonata and Evil, everything was that whole show was mm, delicious, delicious, just mwah. oh so good. Chef's Kiss is a perfect example. Um, but thoughts on the three night Wrestle Kingdom, and then also the new announcement just came out that Pro Wrestling Noah, which for those of you who don't know what that is, uh, it's another company in Japan, a um, little bit smaller, think more Ring of Honor size yeah. if you want to compare it to something. Um, they're going to be going head to head with New Japan on night three. Yeah. So we've already kind of seen some teasing of some matchups, but I'm not going to go into that because no one's going to know anybody from Pro Wrestling Noah, so there's no point in reviewing that. But point is, they're doing this crossover thing. Do you think it needs to happen? It's more of a win, I think, for Pro Wrestling Noah than anything else. Yes. Um, it is. But it's like, does it? Does it? Do you think that with it being now three days, it kind of lessens the importance of I Wrestle see, Kingdom and the big of like, oh, this is going to be. My, my thing is, I don't look at night three yeah, as, as like Wrestle Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah. I look it's at like it as night like, after. <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's like the New Year Dash thing yeah, that they yeah. always do, where it was like, oh, this is gonna start off some new storylines. Except mm-hmm. I look at this show as I don't know if they're even gonna have many like title matches. I yeah, think, this thing's a lot of dream. It's not just crossover. Like dream crossover matches. Yeah. It's like if like. This is like, the first time it feels like this is a strictly like for the Japanese audience type of thing, yes, rather than trying is. to make it for a global. It's, it's audience. basically like if like WWE and New Japan decide one day they're like, all right, we're gonna have this one pay per view, yeah. and we're just gonna put our best guys against each other. Yeah. No titles would be on the line, right. but you'd be like, oh, here's Roman, this guy, yeah, Cena, this yeah, guy, yeah. and you just have your dream match scenarios. Yeah. People are like, this is awesome, and, but yeah. this is awesome. And but like it doesn't mean anything. Like Wrestle Kingdom night one, night two, like means something to like mm-hmm. Wrestle or uh, to New Japan and everything. Night three, in air quotes, is just like dream match galore, a fun show to go to. But mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it's just a show to yeah, me. Like it, sure. it's not really Wrestle Kingdom to me, mm-hmm. which actually made me feel better because I was like three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. I feel like it's gonna be stupid. But now that they announced it like that, I'm like yeah. it's really just two nights 
plus I think they're hurt. I think they're hurting for depth. New Japan is a little bit they right are. now. They're really, I mean, well, because a lot of their guys, because of the New Japan Strong thing, they're trying to do a lot of their know, good guys are going, I know, to, and I don't get it. The uh, US and I don't watch it. Do you watch it? I don't really watch no. that, so it's like I don't. No, I just saw Ishii beat Jay White. Right I know, after, and, and I was, I was like, like, good. Okay, cool. That means Jay White's gonna be going back to the main event. Thank God. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, yeah, like Will Ospreay, Jay White, Ishii, yeah. all those guys. I heard. I mean, chaos, like talking about chaos going AEW. I mean, Okada's like the leader of chaos, so like. The rumor is that Okada might be heading over there from over a little bit or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked after he yeah. loses yeah. to um, Shingo in night one. He shows up AEW soon after that because he's not going to be in the world title picture. Yeah, but Kenny might be off too at that point because Kenny's got to go get like three. But Kenny surgeries. will be, yeah, Kenny will be. You think he's going to be back, back that? around back. that time? Yeah, yeah maybe. January, know. February, he might be back around Revolution time. Who knows? Interesting. So yeah. anyway, there's a lot of variables. Yeah, yeah I just thought it was interesting that they were like, oh, we're going to go Pro Wrestling Noah versus New Japan. Just kind of out of the blue a little bit, yeah. you know? Um, it, the last time that they did something like this was a few years ago was Suzuki-Goon came over and just won all the titles. Like, Minoru Suzuki won the world title. Yeah, uh, Killer Elite Squad won the tag titles. Uh, Taka and, you know, uh, Bushi, I think, won the junior tags. And then uh, the other guy won the... Um, junior heavyweight so anyway no. but like so they went and cleaned house there mm-hmm. for a second which i thought was a kind of a cool like sub plot going mm-hmm. on there but at the time too new japan was so stacked with talent where i, t- I think the pandemic has really hurt them quite a bit with them not being pa- able to well, get pa- foreign say, guys over here pandemic and AEW because yeah. like AEW has benefited a lot more mm-hmm. from the new japan agreement because they, they also haven't brought anybody over yet from new japan that is necessarily I don't think "quote unquote" needle movers just yet. Like, no, they haven't brought over a Tanahashi or an Okada or an Osprey. Like, Osprey made the joke. I don't know if you see his thing. He's like, "You got to be fifty or over to get to go to AEW if you're in New Japan." Because like, and they're like, "Well, Ishii is." Like, oh, I'm sorry, forty. Give me, <laughs> yeah. give me, give me fourteen more years, and I'll be over there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, I it, thought that maybe he's like, like, he's it's, like, it's only about time. It's it's yeah. about time before those guys get over there. Like, they'll be over there sooner rather than later. It's just yeah. it is like the travel restriction from yeah. COVID stuff that's like yeah. it's and every country's different every country's got yeah. different restrictions yeah, Japan's still like you, as a fan they can't like yeah. chant there still yeah. so it's kind of wild over there yeah so, it's really weird actually it's yeah. weird because like like they were the first crowd to come back mm-hmm. but, but it was like, also don't but, you like, dare but, breathe. but you can't say a word <laughs> yeah, don't so you? it's like you're just like clapping and yeah. I'm like after a while I was like oh the clapping's just not yeah not there. enough yeah yeah, it's, it's weird. not like a real crowd <laughs> Almost. It's like a fa- I it's hope to like God we never crowd. go back to fake crowds because I can't I can't do it. It's just ugh, I actually I like prefer the crowd noise. Almost no sound to the crowd like the really? input oh, crowd the noise. Oh, like like yeah. so like WWE was doing those like weird yeah. like crowd noise things. Yeah. I'm like I'd rather just like be silent. I didn't have a problem with style. it being the white noise where it just sounded like a crowd was there. Yeah. I didn't like it when they were starting piping in the this is awesomes and this yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. That, that was stuff where like, I go, there's nobody here. Yeah. So you can't yeah. Say that. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like the video screen thing was like cool for the first couple weeks. I was like, they're not talking. Yeah. They're not actually saying yeah. this is awesome. They're just facial things yeah. on screens. Right. Exactly. So yeah. I thought it was cool. Anyway, that's going to be it for this week's show, though, guys. Next week, obviously, we're going to be talking Michigan, Ohio State. Hopefully, talking an upset. About all the money I won. Yeah. Let's hope. Jesus. I just. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, maybe we'll even review the Tim Boyle experiment, see how that goes, him throwing fastballs past everybody. But at that point, we'll have two games worth because by the time next time we're on the air, we'll oh, be, yeah, it'll Thanksgiving. be Thanksgiving. So That's it'll right. be a good time. Um, 
But that's gonna be it for this week's show, though, guys. Uh, thank you guys so much for the support. Once again, have a great Thanksgiving if you guys are if you guys do celebrate that. Um, but that's gonna be it for this week's show. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merc So Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Medica. We will see you guys as always next time. <laughs>